Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello. What's it's up? me. I was wondering if after all these years you'd like to meet. <laughs> no. Oh, <yeah. laughs> My usual answer on Tinder. So, <laughs> just like, hello everybody. What's up? Hello. Welcome back to another episode, another week. We are up to episode 25. What? what? Is that a silver or a diamond in some people's marriages? Silver. Is that the silver? silver. Well, we, are, we are up to our silver <laughs> um, episode. <laughs> 25, that's half a year of episodes, basically. Yeah, pretty almost. My goodness. Yeah, because we've, we've been going since April. So yeah. that's, and it's now September, so that's basically six months. Almost, yeah. That's Ooh. crazy. We've been Guys, busy. We've been busy. We've we done ha- well. We have done very, very well. Well, my name is Josh Javetta. We've got Asabi Goodman. What's up, peeps? And Gracie Mack. Hello. And this week's themed episode is... Disco! Disco! Okay. Beautiful. So not a disco. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we can talk about this song later. I, I might have a little mention about oh, this song, no. actually. Now, last know, have we ever had an episode where we didn't talk about Mariah Carey? I didn't think... You know, oh, I, the I, sex I, episode, but that's because you weren't well, here. Because I wasn't here, but I'm, and I'm pretty sure... <laughs> we, we played the riff, though. Yeah. Like that. That's yeah. true. That's true. That's very, very true. <laughs> My present was still here. But, <laughs> but yeah, we're talking about disco. And you know what? I have... I love disco. Uh, just, me too. Same. I just think it's like one of the best genres ever. Then, mm. uh, you know, it started out as, as a subculture. Mm. You know, yes. it was very underground. And then it started rising in its popularity because, you know, corporate America was getting bored and they wanted to go and get down and get dirty, down at, and Studio dirty at Studio 54. <laughs> and, you know, and nightclubs were becoming the promiscuous, you know, the mm-hmm. promiscuous um, place to go. If you wanted to have a lover, for the night Ooh. you better head to the disco because that's over. where you gotta find Josh Devetta no, just <laughs> whoa sweetheart you're not and that old oh, no, I'm not that old at all um, and just a really and also uh, really really instrumental um, in uh, LGBT culture as well because yeah. the disco the club like the club was the institute for a very very long time when you know when the gays and the and and everyone else were getting kicked out of their homes or being left on the street the mm-hmm. disco was the place to go because you could escape feel real good about yourself yeah. and just and I love that the music industry went with the times with this one and yeah. went you know what the club is where it's at yes. <laughs> and a lot of the art you know, one of the, and a lot of the huge artists they had on their roster they were becoming disco queens because of it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is this something you want to say, Asami? Yeah, well, I mean, we, we've we only just briefly started, but I 
I lived through the end of disco and I was, I mean, I was very young, but I was a huge fan of disco and I never quite understood why it came to an end. But there was a thing called the Disco Demolition Night in July, on July 12th, 1979. It was promoted by Major League Baseball, mm-hmm. which is huge. Lots so, of money. Right? Yeah, lots of money. And they were basically just wanting to get more bums on seats. Mm. So what better way than to promote with hate, right? So they ran a disco demolition night where anybody who had a disco record and was willing to donate it could get in for 98 cents. So they thought that they might be able to get 20,000 people, which was 5,000 more than what they normally had for their crowd. They got 50,000 people. Now, this night was sort of spearheaded by a DJ by the name of Steve Dahl, and he had a bone to pick with disco, right? So back in the mid to late 70s, Disco was becoming huge, like just massive. And so a number of radio stations started switching their format from rock to mm-hmm. disco because it was more popular. It was just the popular music people of the time. People wanted to dance. Yeah, mm-hmm. people wanted to dance. People wanted to feel good. And Steve lost his job because of this, because he didn't like disco. So he, I, I assume he refused to play disco music. So he lost his job at the radio station because they had switched formats. He was a rock DJ. They wanted disco. Boom. So he loses his job. He still wanted to play the Rolling Stones. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. And not that the Rolling Stones are bad. Uh, some of them. But um, anyway. <laughs> so Steve, in his anger, I guess decided that, you know, we need to get rid of disco. What's the best way to do it? And so he created this Disco Sucks campaign. And I mean, and and he was known as a radio shock jock. So he probably should have been fired anyway. Um, So he, he created this campaign and got in bed with Major League Baseball. They created the Disco Demolition Night and people were donating their disco albums. So they'd already paid for it. Thank you. So the money still went to the artist. Mm. But what was going to happen was in the middle of the game, Steve, with all these albums, they were putting them all into a box and he was going to blow them up on the field. Jesus. And yeah, right. It's I mean, it's, it's going to clean that shit up. <laughs> oh it's pretty like this is the the microaggressions of all microaggressions. right? Like mm. he was just mad. And so he did that. And they they sort of accredit this with the ending of the disco era. I mean, it was quite violent. It turned into a bit of a riot. Um, there were like they they destroyed the field to the point where the game that so it was supposed to be a two night game between the White Sox, the Chicago White Sox, and the Detroit Tigers. And they destroyed the field to the point where they had the White Sox had to forfeit their game to the Tigers the next night. Oh my god! They couldn't, they couldn't actually play on the field. Yeah, now, that's what I wonder, like, if they're blowing up records. Yeah. That, and that's everywhere. when climate change started. Right. Mm. Yes. That was it, guys. Thanks. That's why Chicago is fucked. No. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of people, you know, even today, they sort of ask the question, you know, what happened? What fueled this? And, and a lot of people think that there was a hatred of disco that was fueled by the perception of its association with black people. There's a yes. lot of disco artists were black and with LGBTQ yes. because it was, mm. you know, huge in the LGBTQ. But using the mask of like sex, drugs and all that right. uh, yeah. uh, you know, and, and everything to do with the club culture exactly. be, yeah, as, as it's like cloak and dagger routine when really yep. it was just rooted in racism. And, yeah, and, and a lot of <laughs> and people bigotry. you know, <laughs> a lot of people said oh, you know, it, it was just, you know, it focused too much on appearances, that's why we don't like it. Um, 
It's like, How ridiculous. Really? Come yeah. on now. Um, Queen. <laughs> that was like yeah. rock music and appearances. Hello. Um, and they felt that, um, you know, it was like a lot of people really get upset when they feel that something that they have is going to be taken away from them. And so that year, 1979, at the 21st Grammy Awards, disco songs pretty much cleaned up. And so people thought that it was the end of rock and roll. You know, mm-hmm. they're super dramatic. Rock and roll wasn't going anywhere. Come on now. That was a genre started by black people. It was not going to go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you mean our entire pop culture is on the arms of black ancestors? <laughs> right. I'd never believe it. Exactly. Even country music. Yes. Don't get it twisted. But so, I mean, there was this fear and you know how the masses are when they've got a fear of losing something, losing power, losing their standing. They go crazy and they destroy mm. shit. And that's it's history just, repeating itself. Yeah, and I think over this and year and we've relived that in, mm. in our own you know, sort of way. Sort of way, yeah. yeah. But I think like the amplifier has been, you know, that we have an internet connection, you know, and that's right. <laughs> as opposed imagine? to like, you know, people actually getting to the streets and relying on media oh. coverage and all that kind of stuff. God, if internet went out, I think there'd be like massive wars all over the place. Who Most would just lose their shit? Exactly. Well, that's uh, what we're going to be talking about this week, yeah. which is disco. So you've Yay, had a history lesson already. Yeah. yeah, right. And we're going to have a short break. And when we come back we're going to hear from gracie mack first all right stay tuned and we're back welcome to another episode of chefology this week we are talking about a disco a giving disco. you some yeah. soul train realness this is not a disco song but this, this is the it's only it's the closest we got yeah. what's the other one that i have no. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> so that's not the one. Disco is not a joke. No, it's, it truly, truly is not. It truly, truly is not. All right. So we have all chosen some bangers, if I do say so myself. And we're going to check in with lovely Gracie Mack mm-hmm, to find out what mm-hmm. her disco choices are. Well, I've been having an awesome afternoon playing through all these tunes. It was so exciting. And it was quite hard to pick just five. Um, it was but actually. yeah, mm. it was really hard. I mean, I could have picked so many different. There was a couple of ones that I went by the band I was like I have to have them and Mm -hmm. I just picked whichever you know it could have been so many and then a couple I went by specific songs so this first one Young Hearts Run Free I love this song so much it's so so beautiful Um, so it was originally recorded by Candy Statton in 1976 and released on an album of the same title I listened as maybe more familiar with the pumpier version from 1996 by Kim Mazel, which is in Romeo and Juliet. Yes, Mercutio comes out in drag and performs it. That's that's definitely where I first heard it, but since being a child and watching that movie, I've uh, gone back and discovered the original version of the song by Candy. Um, So that's the version I'd like to be added to the list, the Candy Staten version. I'll get onto that, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, they're not particularly different really um but it's it's a little it's a little bit more relaxed and the song was written for candy so you know it's her Mm. song um it was written by producer david crawford and (laughs) the story i read about it came out of a lunch that candy and david are having they were kind of catching up and he was asking about life and she was talking about this quite abusive relationship that she had been in was still in and finding it really hard to get out of and he was making notes during the conversation. Oh, oh wow. And Crawford said, you know, I've got a, I'm have got going to write you a song. I'm going to write you a song that's going to last forever. Now, when I read that, 
I was mm-hmm. like, ah, what a piece of shit friend. She's literally telling you about an abusive relationship that she's still in. And you're like, great, I'm going to write a banger about it. See you <laughs> well, later. She's just taking notes while she's Ridiculous. talking. Ridiculous, like- yeah. <laughs> but, but anyway, you know. I, you know, good friend, bad friend, good producer, I yeah. suppose. This Did is, he give this her is some of the money? For kids. I don't know. I don't know how that was broken Did he get her down. a hospital? That's a... Yeah. <laughs> Did he rescue her? <laughs> I, I don't think so, but, you know, that's a lesson for all of your kids. Don't don't make friends with the producers. <laughs> <laughs> they will take everything you say and turn it into a song and you yeah. get nothing. Um, anyway, the song spent number one uh, on the Hot Soul singles charts. Uh, I don't actually know for how long. I don't know why I, why I wrote the song Spent Number One. But it went to number one on the Hot Soul <laughs> single charts and it peaked at number 20 on the Hot 100 singles chart. Nice. Lovely crossover. Lovely, lovely. Moving along. My number two song, another um, straight up single that I just love, Disco Inferno. Yes. Wow. Such a good song. So pumpy. The string... Um, I play a lot of these songs that I'm going to talk about today and I'm sure a lot of the ones that um, my fellow chefologists are going to talk about. I play a lot of them in what well, I used to. Um, in a band, in like a Motown soul disco band that mm. I've been playing in for a little I while. I was asked to be in a disco band one for time. For a couple of years, I yeah. I mean, I it's very were, fun. I, and I'm pretty sure they were called Disco Inferno. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Maybe <laughs> like it was a tribute band or something. The yeah, Tramps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, so this song's by The Tramps. Two M's, guys. The Tramps. Tramps. Yes. That's right. But I, yeah, I play this song in a disco band. It goes off. Like the crowd always loves yeah. it. It's always so pumpy and exor- enjoyable. Especially that string line at the beginning, which is a pain in the ass to play. No, no, no. It's that one. That's like oh. the, the basic version oh, right, okay. that some people try play because it's a pain play. in the ass <laughs> to play the actual string line. They look line. for the easy yeah. piano on musicnotes.com. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Yeah, easy piano. That's right. <laughs> uh, anyway, but it's, it's exciting. Sometimes I just like fudge it the times that I have. Have like stuffed yeah. it up, but you just get the hit at the end. Yeah, when the band comes bum, in. Yeah. All right, put it back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, don't mind me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is from yeah, by the Tramps, as I mentioned before, but from the fourth eponymous album released 1976, and it hit number one on the Billboard Dance Club Songs charts in 1977. Wow. But it wasn't until 1978 that it got mainstream chart release on the Billboard Hot 100 because it was featured on the soundtrack of Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, movie. Yes. Huge moment for disco. Yes. As much as I hate to admit it, but it well, is. Well, it's yeah. sort of. What do you mean? Why do you hate to admit it? I just don't like John Travolta. That's just. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that movie was fucking awesome. Yeah. It was iconic, you know. And that movie sort of brought disco into the mainstream because yeah. it showed that it wasn't just for gays and blacks, but white straight men as well. Which, like, I kind of yeah. like have an issue with at the same time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. Where yeah. we needed a white savior to bring exactly. disco. To <laughs> anyway, I'm not, I don't. No, no, no. It's I hear what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's almost like every genre, though, isn't well, no, it? That's, yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. pretty much what's I happening think of um that scene in dream girls where they just did like i got me a cadillac and they got like this white guy oh, it's amazing yes. like, got me a yeah cadillac. yes <laughs> oh and my god like the sweet just girls in the yes. fucking cardigans yes. or whatever yeah mm. yeah amazing anyway um it is interesting isn't it like it's sort of yeah 
maybe it's a discussion for another day, but yeah, the yes. idea of, of whitewashing something to bring it into the mainstream, which I'm fortunately fucking white, mm. but um, bring it into the mainstream culture and frame of mind, yeah. but trying to do that in a way that you're also paying homage to what it's actually. That's true. Mm. Like, and that's, also John Travolta yeah. put butts in the seats. Like there's yeah. no, yeah. Sure. yeah, you know what I mean? Like he was yeah. a huge, like this is pre welcome back Cotter. I'm pretty sure. Mm. Yes. And pre Grease. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah I think it's thing. his first big movie, right? Yes. I think it is. Yeah. 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 Written by Sylvester Stallone, if you didn't know. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. So it hit number 11 after it was on the soundtrack of this movie. So I suppose you could say um, in just a, even though unfortunately it was led by a white man, the soundtrack was a lot of black artists. So that was great. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I have the sound. Well, it was a lot of Bee Gees, actually. So <laughs> I have the soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. I have Bee Gees the soundtrack. Bee Gees and then black artists. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no, but so, the Bee Gees yeah. are a huge part of the movie. They are. Like, They're yeah, huge. And so talented. Yeah. Definitely. Like, yeah. yeah, anyway, sorry. Yep. From uh, Red Cliff. Well, and by way of <laughs> the they, UK. They like to say. <laughs> by way of the UK, yeah. Red Cliff likes to say. Yeah. Just like um, Keith Urban. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yes. yes. Um, I only just found out today that he's actually from New Zealand. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I saw that today too. Yeah. Anyway. anyway, I don't care about Keith Urban. No. So let's continue on. It was covered by Tina Turner <laughs> in 1993. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was too. Oh. Yes. I, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And she did it kind of a bit more rocky. Yes. Like yeah. more, more of a rock feel. Yeah. Yeah. And she Love still had like. Like, yeah, it was like just kind of punchier, more in your face arrangement, just yes. like, you know, it does that so yeah. good. Yeah. And there's also a really terrible cover by Cindy Lauper um, for the 1998 soundtrack for the movie A Night at the Roxbury. Yeah. She oh, does. I, no, I know, yeah, I know yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. Yes, I, I have that, that soundtrack. And I mean, well. I actually don't. I mean, I don't mind the song so much. I just think her voice sounds terrible on it. Aww. It's just not. I, just don't, think it, I don't think it works. I, yeah. yeah, because I actually think Cindy Lauper is one of the most underrated vocalists mm. in female music history. Mm. Oof, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Her verse in We Are the World, the Michael Jackson compilation <laughs> recording. Are you serious? Yes. She sings a living <laughs> crap out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, have you seen <laughs> the behind the scenes of the recording? I don't need no. to, but no, I no, I haven't. Anyway, I think she's incredible. Okay. Yes. Um, yeah, I disagree, but I, I think she's definitely. Well, yeah. Well, I suppose it depends. On, <laughs> I suppose it depends on what you mean by incredible, because I think she's like a song stylist. Yes. And sometimes it really works, but I don't think it works with this. Well, also, she doesn't write her music too, so she really is oh, more yeah. an interpreter rather than a, mm. you know, mm. creator. Or creator. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She won Tony's for Kinky Boots. Well, that, that was her first actually huge writing for oh, a... Oh, really? Yeah, oh, like I where, didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, okay. sort of thing. You know, um, even um, True Colors, not her song. It's a cover. <gasps> Sacrilege. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and not, no, and that's a good song. Yes, that's one of my favourite yeah, <laughs> songs. Anyway. Um, anyway, on September 15, 2005, this song was inducted into the Dance Music Hall of Fame. As it should be. Yeah. As it should be. Oh, I thought I actually pressed the button. Sorry, guys. <laughs> No, but my finger went like it. Anyway, sorry, mm. schematics. Moving Slip. along here. Um, I've got, I'm going to hit you with some Earth, Wind and Fire. <gasps> Better. Oh, um, yes. And there's so many songs I could have chosen, but mm. I just, you know, closed my eyes oh, I love and them. let my finger hit the map and I went for Let's Groove. Oh, yes. good song. Let's Groove tonight. Good. Mm. It's so good. I love this like vocoder synthesizer stuff. I think they're very innovative too, that oh, band. Like, yeah. because Absolutely. Experimentation that worked for them mm. as yes. opposed to like this is odd but I kind of like it it's mm. like this is good 
Like, yeah. No, they, yeah. It was such schmick arranging, writing, mm. everything was just so well And they so were a well show done. band, too. Yeah, exactly. I'm pretty sure and my And we dad, don't get that in the no, industry now. I'm pretty sure my dad mm. said that, the, like, he went to the con- a concert and they, like, came out of a spaceship <laughs> or something. It oh, was that's either. So so cool. It had to have been them because so awesome. I'm pretty sure my dad wouldn't have seen George Clinton. So <laughs> I was like, it's oh, either okay. George Clinton or that, but I'm pretty sure it was them because he would. Because, yeah, that's, yeah, he'd talk about them all the time. It's one of his favorite. Which also is a part of the disco thing in the sense of like, you got booked. Or the theatrical. Yeah, the theatricality of it all. And also, like, if. Like an A&R rep went to a club and saw a show like that. They would sign you because they're oh, yeah. like, this is amazing. Mm. That doesn't happen much anymore. Like yeah. sort of thing where there's not as much like, oh, it's really hard to say, but it's like, you know, Earth, Wind & Fire were the right people at the right time. Yeah. And yep. the mm. white record label executives ate them up. Like, yeah. like there was no tomorrow. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this, yeah, this song is from their 11th studio album called Crazy. Rays. Wow. In 1981. Yeah. So it's it was actually there's really interesting um, hearing that information about the end of disco asabi because um because I read about this song that it was it was 1981 so and it was at the end of the disco era mm. of you know the 70s yeah um but so it's kind of considered post disco mm. as you could call it mm. just because of its era but and so it was um sort of questioned I think by the record execs whether it would be successful at all because it was so disco um but it was a huge commercial success yeah it was massive um and they've incorporated all these kind of funk pop sounds of synthesizers Mm. um so yeah that's the risk that we're talking about for josh um yes it's a huge commercial success inside the top 20s in the u.s new zealand uk canada huge song and like as if people don't want to hear september now right you know like they're amazing yeah Yeah. (laughs) oh sorry but i'm just saying like everyone and fire like they have actually stood the test of time when you think about it yeah Yeah. and morris white um one of the main songwriters and the lead singer he wrote this song as well along with wayne vaughn and as a lead single from this particular album i didn't say that before the video clip for this song um it's it's awesome have you guys seen it i haven't oh my god it's so good just like just like so much of the stuff that this band did and i guess a lot of 80s bands but they're just experimenting it's like someone got a new toy it's like some random (laughs) random little program that someone's found that like is super trippy and they've just like you know fucked with the video clip it's really funny it's like the band is like it's definitely choreographed like they've they've figured out stuff there's a lot of like floating multiple heads of Morris. oh i have seen this yeah, yeah where it, it like goes out and yeah there's yes, lots of that yes. there's lots of like big colourful triangles like, shaping them coming at you it was it's so 80s. It's, it's, it's awesome it's yeah. hyper colorful yes. experiments with different shapes and outlines around the band it's, it's great it's awesome <laughs> it was i read it was created by this guy rory hayes using the scanimate analog computer system i mean who knows <laughs> 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 but I'm sure it was cutting edge at the time. Probably. <laughs> but it was like a trippy 80s dream. You know, it's we could great. do it on our phones now. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I use that filter a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it literally called it like a filter. Yeah. Now. <laughs> um, moving along, I got two more choices. Yeah. I'm so excited to listen to this playlist. Just yeah, just for my own, and I'm sure you guys are going to add some bangers. Well, I'm seeing a couple of friends this weekend, so I might play oh, this playlist. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. Be sick. Pump y'all, y'all up. Um, I've chosen I'm Every Woman. Shut up. Oh, yes. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Always a popular choice on this Love uh, this song. on this podcast. We've, I think we've chosen I Remember Woman a couple of times. I think we yeah. have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, well, no, I think I chose the Whitney Houston 
version, version from yeah, the bodyguard. Yeah. Covers. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, but right. Asabi loves Shakira. What is it? Shakira. 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 Shaka. Shaka. Yeah. And yeah. this is from her debut album called Shaka. Yes. <laughs> 1978. Yeah, we had this on our very first playlist. Shaka Khan said, it's my this, thing. This so song? what? Yeah, I'm oh, everyone shit, in my Shaka sorry. Khan. No, that's okay. Because <laughs> okay. I'm. Oh, this is an Ashford and Simpson, right? I think they wrote it. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, Nicholas so Ashford. They're really big Simpson. Motown songwriters, by the way. Everyone just does it. Yes, mm-hmm. they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was her first hit outside her band Rufus. Yes. This is like her solo career, and it really like established her as a solo artist, yes. this song. Coming out of the funk and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, and Whitney Houston covered in 1992, making a hit for the new newer generation after yeah. Shaka, which and is awesome. And it sounds awesome. so 90s too, when you feel like, it, it's like yeah, there's like the oh 70s yeah, she disco. starts with like the like breakdown at the beginning. Yeah. And sorry, yeah. I won't stop. Um, I didn't realise that you guys probably knew this because it's already been on the playlist but I didn't know that Sissy Houston Whitney's mum is one of the backing vocalists on yes. the Shaka version yes. Yes. it's amazing I and know also that. background vocals on uh, Respect by Aretha Franklin oh she, yes. Yes. Yeah. Like yes. she did, she did I mean, so, many, so, so many huge artists um, Shaka's version of this hit her, the OG version hit yes. number one number 21 on the Billboard Hot 100 number 30 on the chart on the disco chart and number one on the Hot Soul single chart yep. which I gotta say from the amount of number ones I see on the Hot Soul single charts that seemed to be like the most banging chart in the 70s and, yeah. like, and early 80s well the radios were still quite segregated Separate, yeah. as well yeah, yeah. yeah. They, the radio stations were segregated into the 90s like oh, absolutely. even wow. I remember you know like we play we don't play rap you know, and I'm Ridiculous. like, whoa, okay. Just, yeah, well, there's still, like, radio yeah. still has its like genre. There's definitely still genre radio. Like mm. country radio in America is its own beast. Well, yeah. Compared to like different. Pop but, radio, you know, yeah. I wonder if country radio plays that little Nas, what's his face? A Billy Ray mm. Cyrus tune. Oh, the old town road, the one that broke yeah. my Mariah Carey's yes. record. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We don't talk about that. Stuff, yeah. so, so. Do you know what? But that just, just made me think of the segregated thing. Um, I forgot to mention with Let's Groove, the film clip for that, for that was the first film clip to be aired on Video Soul, BET's program that they brought out in um, as a response to MTV refusing to play black artist songs. Yeah. yeah. It was like the mm-hmm. first song that was ever, a film clip that was ever aired for, yeah. on BET's Video Soul. Yeah, MTV would only play black artists at certain times because they didn't want to offend yeah. their white viewers in the Midwest. Yes. Yeah, so um, yes, as a response, BET brought out this um, program called Video Soul and it was an opportunity for black artists to showcase their art. Mm. Um, my final choice. Yeah. I've chosen Cool and the Gang. Oh, yeah. Great song. Um, great band. Um, the song I've chosen. Sorry, great band. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the song I've chosen, because this is another one I was like, i got to choose Cool and the Gang. They were actually going to play at Blues Fest this year, weren't they? They were going to yeah, come to Blues Fest. They're coming next year. Are they? Yeah, yeah. they're on the lineup. Oh, was, um, it, was that the one that Alas Morissette was going to be headlining? Yes. Uh, please, let's it? not yeah. talk about it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm gutted. So. Um, I don't know if I'd want to see these guys. I mean, Potentially they'd be good, but I I kind of have a bit of a thing with I don't want to see the band now. Yeah, I want to see them in the eighties. Yeah, like well, I'll just go listen Grace. to the. Well, it's like I'll just go listen to the recording. I'd rather see unless they've created new music that they want to. That's anyway, like when you see nostalgia acts at like. In nostalgia, I'm not a fan. Nostalgia acts is yeah. not my thing. I don't like. I saw S Club Three one time. S Club Three. <laughs> what happened uh, to the other oh four? Uh, look. 
before I retired or something, but it was yeah. just so odd. Like just that's so. Odd. Were they working with canes and? No, but like <laughs> oh, it's really, really like I, fi- I feel bad even like thinking these thoughts. Mm. But it's the whole like they're looking a little, they're getting a little old. Oh, like, well, yeah. You know, dad, I mean, like dad bods on show sort of thing. But like, like I love dad bod like personally. That's how time but, yeah. works. And it, and when you're when you're marketed as this hot young thing, and you're desperately trying to keep that going, like you know, like yeah. these people, like yeah, I've, no, yeah, I, I hate you. that because you're just like and like stop the trying lead to be singer Joe, like she, uh, like just I don't, I think like she lost what she, she lost intonation as well as her passion for the music. Oh, like, no. it was Why just is like, she there? I guess they need the money. Yeah, I, I it's oh, oh, nostalgia acts are cash grabs. Yeah, yeah completely for sure. For yeah. sure. Mm. Anyway, I've chosen Get Down On It. <laughs> cool in the game. Get Down On <laughs> It. Get Down On It. Yeah, it's great. How 1981 album, Something Special, which is their 13th album. Holy moly. And they had a couple of, uh, quite a few after that as well. It was a huge amount of yeah, albums they, did, they brought they out. Massive. So much shit. Um, hit top 10 on the US pop and R&B charts in Billboard and reached number three on the UK charts. UK oh, really come on, United uh, Kingdom. Yeah. Go, go, Free go. Brexit. Um, now with the... <laughs> <laughs> oh, good Lord. <laughs> um, this song has a lot of funk elements that the band did so well. And I got to say, it's like particularly with Earth, Wind and & Fire and with this band, Calling the Gang, I really feel like they... I really feel like they... Um, what's going on over here? Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Secrets. Uh, you know, there's only three of us. Asabi, three, wanted, right? Asabi wanted to charge her phone, but I let her know that's actually for sounds, not for charging. <laughs> 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 I have to imagine my audience if you guys don't listen to me. Uh, (laughs) Cool and the Gang and um, Earth, Wind and Fire. They have all these um, very strong funk elements. I was having this discussion with my partner today about what's the overarching umbrella of all of this. Mm. Because it's like funk into disco and then I suppose into pop. Or hip hop um, radio, yeah, hip hop, well. yeah, yeah. Not sonically the same. I understand what you're saying. No, yeah. but you know, for like um, these bands that like, depending on what song you've chosen, cross like the and like I guess, and we sort of thought, I don't know what you guys think about this, but we kind of figured maybe R and B is the very overarching umbrella of like uh, rhythm and right. blues. Yeah, yeah. And oh, then no. these are all subgenres and then, to R and B. Yeah. What do you guys think, think about that? I think a university textbook <laughs> would do that. Mm. For Let's sure. Say that yeah. rhythm and blues is the main genre, yes. and then you've yeah. got funk and soul and hip hop and. Well, uh, when I was studying pop music at university, oh, oh, yes, mm-hmm. do tell, do um, tell. they actually called the entire music industry rock. So yeah? it would okay. go rock, which would melt, oh. which would split into pop, mm-hmm. and then R and B, and then all the sub. Sure. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, would this sort of like more of a pop? Because pop just means popular. It wasn't yes. actually like yeah, a genre yeah. until we made it a genre yeah, sort yeah. of thing. Because mm-hmm. like what, what's really interesting is that what I considered pop music 10 years ago isn't pop. Like it's not popular now. Yeah, it's not now, pop now. You know, mm-hmm. sort of thing. But, yeah. there, but there's a difference between pop and popular. Yes. Yeah. Well, in, Like now. Yes. You know I mean? Well, absolutely. Like, yeah. So it's one of those things where like I think like for example, disco is absolutely a subgenre of funk. Yeah, do you think? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So this is what okay. yeah I was wondering about because you know like because I'm like with okay so what's it like with um uh, let's groove or September they're like these I feel like the 
characteristics for me at disco have um, usually a lot of arrangement happening. They're very yes. vocal led. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then, f- and like there'll be a lot of strings, maybe yes. some horns, but mm. like lots of shit happening on the top. And then funk is, in my mind, maybe more led by the rhythm section. It's like a groove. Yes. Yeah. And I, I agree with yeah. you. And I think that's mm. why, like, when you look at the transition from funk into disco, for, in, for, for just for a radical example, mm. is that disco went from being a band led genre into a solo artist mm. led mm. movement. Yeah. Because it then became about, like, Diana Ross. Uh, Donna, Donna Summer, right, Donna right. Summer, who pop was you know, stars, yeah, pop, like, yeah, yeah, where, yeah, because it was so. Maybe it's that thing of like it, 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 disco started out as a subgenre, but then it definitely mm. became a mainstream mm-hmm. yeah. genre. Sort yeah. Of yeah. Thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I like, but that's good that we can talk about that on yeah, yeah, yeah and, and share opinions like that on yeah. the podcast. There's probably th- uh, lots of you out there that probably disagree, like, mm, <laughs> sort yeah, of thing, sure or, is, or yeah. purists, you know, that kind of right. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People might feel your specific things, but because I did wonder, like, I wonder if people would be like, "Oh, cool and gun," kind of a funk group are that you know mm. like but i mean they've had so many albums so yeah um but anyway uh finishing off with this song uh the video clip is it's another one of those someone got into the toy because <laughs> it's like now that's that one's straight up just a filter like the band is doing nothing but just performing the song like there's no right. actual arrangement of the video clip and it's just like i don't know what you call it but you know when you move and your body there's like staggered yeah slow delay of yep. your body moving yeah. So it mm. looks like there's like it looks 10 like of a you. slinky, yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. Um, the alphabet of L, S, and D <laughs> definitely um, informed. I'm sure, I'm sure it did. Decisions, I'm sure and, it did. And also, like you know, drug culture was huge in the disco movement <laughs> yeah, as well. Sure. And I think, like, I, I definitely dare trippy. say, I, yeah, you know, that the trippiness. Yeah, and also once they started adding the, like those visuals in clubs, like once yeah. you know clubs started getting televisions in there, right. that all served the purpose of mm. the whole yeah thing yeah. and this is like yeah, every like the slinky effect it's all just super colourful of them so yeah, yeah it totally fits <laughs> into that nice. um, and those are my five choices <laughs> that's amazing Grace I loved that so <laughs> <laughs> alright we're gonna take a short break and then we'll be back with my choices yes we will yeah. how exciting <laughs> stay tuned hello welcome back Hi. <laughs> As you know, we've been talking about disco. That high energy, beautiful music that we love so much. Asabi, yes, what have you love. chosen? Oh my gosh. Like, like you, it was so hard yeah. to choose. And also like you, I, my very first one, like as soon as we announced that we were going to do disco, I thought, oh, I want to put this song on it. But it was yeah. a song that I'd put on the playlist back in the beginning of Shuffology. So oh, I no. took it off. I guess um, I'll check in that out those early <laughs> days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know because I, I was thinking, wait a minute. Why? No, I've, I've already done the song. Anyway, I chose five bangers by my opinion. The first song is by the sister group Sister Sledge. Oh, mm-hmm. icons! Yes, and I wonder why. Oh, he's the greatest dancer. That's <laughs> love that song. So that's off their "We Are Family" album. Another great tune by yeah. them. Yeah, the most iconic song. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah, that song. Like it goes. We play it at every wedding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It goes off. Um, I, so now these next two names you're going to hear throughout my choices because they were all over disco. I don't think you could have disco without them. Nile Rodgers and Bernard Edwards. Oh, Nile Rodgers. I haven't heard that name from you in ages. Right. <laughs> so they actually wrote this tune. 
And it's number 66 out of 100 of Billboard's greatest girl group songs of all time. Uh, It also went number one on the Billboard dance and R&B charts and number nine on the Billboard Hot 100. It's been sampled by so many people, but Will Smith on his Getting Jiggy With It. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we all know that. (laughs) And I didn't know this. It was covered by Danny Minogue in 2007. Oh, okay. Loosely. Well, (laughs) I know. I didn't get a chance to like check it out. Are you familiar? I'm very familiar. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) And we don't have to talk about it anymore. All right. Thank you. (laughs) But, um. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Saz Danny. Yeah, yeah, I didn't get a chance to listen to it. Now, of course, it's got that opening guitar riff. I probably didn't do it well. Um, But it carries throughout the song. And then I just love the the blended and harmonious vocals that are in there with mm. the women, the synth, the strings, as we were talking earlier. That's, you know, quintessential yeah. disco. Um, it <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and then, of course, Rogers and Edwards feature on the song as well as the Schick strings. Or, um, who is it? Gene Orloff's Schick strings, as they call it. So they were all over this track. For Sister Sledge and it was it's a fantastic track it's just yeah. it's one of my favorites I love the song so much so on my scale of singability I guess a nine oh mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. all right now I did not go in chronological order but a majority of my songs are from the 70s in. yeah and it's just <laughs> so good so my next song this is another good one that you're gonna love Boogie Nights <laughs> ain't no doubt we are here to party love that song I love disco because it it just makes me think of one giant happy party. And I mean, that was when I was a teenager, that was all I wanted. I just wanted to be happy and to party and dance and sing, have a great time. And disco music did that for me in my bedroom late at night by myself. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I love this tune. It's off of now the the one that we might be more our listeners might be more familiar with is was covered by Casey and the Sunshine Band. Yeah. All right. So everybody knows Boogie Nuts from them. But the original was by Heat Wave and it doesn't sound too different from Casey's version. And it was off of their debut album in 1977 called Too Hot to Handle. Yes, he is, Gary. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that opening, it's got layered strings and vocals. It is pretty much a simple song, but I love the key solo in the middle. You know, it kind of breaks down. And then it's just like my favorite bit is dance with the boogie, get down. Because boogie nights are always the best in town. Boogie nights. It reminds me. It's also a Mark. <laughs> it's also a film with Mark Wahlberg in it as well. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure it's a musical as well. There's a musical Is called Boogie Nights. When yeah. does it stop? Oh, it God. just doesn't. There's nothing sacred. <laughs> <laughs> no, not when you're getting down with the boogie. I was listening to the, I was listening to the Moulin Rouge Broadway recording oh, God. recently, and I went. Oh, that's right. This movie was had covers. So it was just all pop. Co- like, it was just all musical pop covers. I yeah, was like, yeah. when does it stop? Yeah, no. It Seriously. Doesn't. Anyway, sorry, keep going. So anyway, this, like, I have memories, because I'm that old, of being on the roller rink, <laughs> roller skating, oh, and hearing so this too. In 2000. Yeah, right? Oh so, like, the this was just rink. one of those, like, this is early 80s, so it even wasn't that old, you know? So yeah. roller skating, and you're hearing boogie nights, and you're like, yay, get down. Oh, that'd be so little- fun. Yeah, it was just, it's so nostalgic. So now this song went to number one in New Zealand because New Zealand knows what's up. (laughs) (laughs) New Zealand were roller skating. Right? 
And then it was number two on the Billboard Hot 100 because America was a little bit behind. But that's okay. It was 1977, so disco yeah. was kind of sliding out. Mm. Um, before was, disco demolition. <laughs> right. Yeah, just before. Uh, so now it was written by Rod Temperton, who was the keys player for Heatwave. And then, like I said before, it was famously covered by Casey and the Sunshine Band. Yes. Now, on Asabi's scale of singability, this one gets a 10. So good. Now, my next tune is a largely instrumental tune. It does have a few lyrics, but they're very, very simple. Uh, it's called The Hustle. Oh, famous. Yes, <laughs> yes by Van McCoy yeah, and the Soul, Soul City, City Symphony. Symphony yeah. yeah. And basically the lyrics are, do the hustle. Ooh. Do it. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Simple song. Really easy to learn. I'd still mess those lyrics up right. on, on stage. <laughs> It's like, no, that should have been an ooh, not a do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now this song is just, it's fun. And I love, like, oh, I've said this so many times. I love a flute. Love a good flute. And the mm. flute plays the melody in this. You know, and then it's got the strings and it's got this little sappy trumpet a la Chuck Mangione. I mean, it's, just, and then, it, like, I'm thinking of this song and I, all I can think is glitter and gold. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I see. Solid gold dancers, soul ah. train, all of it. It's got a subtle guitar that sort of goes off in How the middle. Camp. I like that. Yeah, mm. it's a total campy like Studio Fifty Four. Right? right totally. Here. Just like the little Lady, Lady Godiva. The man in the little gold boy shorts ah. and like gold body and just My spirit animal, yeah. Right? Oh, oh. <laughs> I I so gutted that I was born ten years too late to enjoy Studio Fifty Four, <laughs> <laughs> but there is one in Vegas, and I have been to that one, and I have enjoyed myself. Thoroughly. Okay, all anyway, right, all right, all right. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now this song was number one on the Billboard Hot One Hundred. Number one, Ooh. very few lyrics. Dancey, 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 and I should say it came out in nineteen seventy five on the Disco Baby album. It was number three in the UK, and it hit number nine in Australia. Oh, Australia finally hey. decided to dance. Yeah. Right, join That's the party. Nice. <laughs> and it won the Grammy for Best Pop Instrumental Performance. All so right. it's a Grammy winning soon song. Again, um, number 10 on Asabi's Scale of Singability. Oh, great. <laughs> it's so easy to sing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now my fourth tune is a Diana Ross tune. I'm coming out. Oh, oh. so good. Yeah. My favorite era of Diana Ross. Yes. Is, is now, this song actually was released in 1980, so it was on the tail end. Just post-demolition. Yeah, post-demolition. <laughs> so it might be considered a post-disco tune, I don't know. But it was her 10th studio album called Diana, because she is Diana. Big album. And I believe it was the first album that she did post-Motown yeah, as well. No Barry Gordy. Yeah. Barry Gordy in, like, really involved. That's right. Mm. So it was produced by Chic. Yes. <laughs> so Niall and Bernard, they're, they're right up in there. And I love this song because it, it's sort of a song of empowerment and strength, you know, yes. and, and just being yourself. It's pure joy. That's how I look at mm. it. And I love how, you know, there's this little teaser of Diana's voice in the beginning. You know, it's just very subtle. You just hear this, I'm yeah. coming. And then it don't, don't, don't. And, you know, it's just, and it's, you've got the horn sort of playing and it just keeps playing that over and over before it finally comes in with the full song and, Oh, it's just beautiful. So you've got a horns mix. You've got you know Niall's mm -hmm. guitar. Mm -hmm. 
oh, he's just amazing. <laughs> I love him. And then I love how the baseline sort of mirrors the chorus throughout the verse. Mm. So yeah, so Bernard's really playing it up there. And yeah, and then it just you know goes into some funky horns in the end. It does. Now Rogers, I've, and I've actually heard this story. So when I was reading this, I've actually heard him tell this story. So he was saying that he got the idea from the song when he was out at a club with his mates, right? Yep. And they're in the bathroom, and he sees these three drag impersonators come out, and they're all dressed like Diana Ross. Yeah. And they they're all coming out of <laughs> them, and. You know, he's kind of like, Bernard, Bernard, we got to write this song. I got this idea, you know. and Yeah, they were really um, happy when they were writing yeah, it too. That yeah, was the whole they were thing, really yeah. happy about it. And um, and so that's that's kind of the, the idea of the song was that these drag queens were coming out. But then there's also that phrase of coming out being the way you sort of announce your sexuality as yeah. well. And Diana Ross was not familiar with that. And when she learned that that's what the term meant, she actually was afraid that it was going to ruin her career. But it's like one of her biggest hits. It is the song since 1980. It's the song that she opens every concert with. Uh, and, mm. she can, and she can still sing it really, really well. Yes, I have she to can. Say. Can yeah. she? Yeah. Yes. Her yep. voice has actually been quite well preserved. Mm. Nice. So that even amongst the um, copious amounts of alcohol she's drunk in her, <laughs> in her career. I think that just proves that it's not alcohol that ruins the voice. Yeah. <laughs> it's the cigarettes and everything else. Exactly yeah. right. And or, and also and uh, and that this song like you know Diana went from just like she went she just went she just slotted into being a gay icon yes. after after this mm-hmm. whole thing and yes. So was was this like the beginning of a gay icon? From this song, uh, it sounds like she I think, it, was I think it more solidified it. Yeah, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, okay, so because exactly. it was that thing of like, oh, because you know, back then the. The, yes, disco was a thing, right? Mm. But there were, weren't there wasn't a song that was so explicitly like an anthem for people to come out, yeah, <laughs> come, yeah. come out to, mm. and it not be like this emotional ballad and like be talking. Yeah. I'm a tortured soul. It's like yeah. sort of thing, and it's a, it's a it's yourself. a quintessential drag number. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it for is, sure. It is. Yeah. And and I would say that you know she was already a gay icon because yeah, I mean, there's drag queens dressing up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Once drag queens start dressing up, as you you're you're, uh, you're on your way. And I love when a drag queen just does a really good Diana like mm. with the really really big wig that has like yes. glitter in it or this perfect like sequin glittery jumpsuit yeah. sort of like I just like <laughs> and they have the red lip and I'm like oh you look so beautiful Silky oh. almost pulled it off <laughs> almost oh there, no, there's um there's one drag queen that hasn't been on Drag Race I'll, I'll get the video yeah does this stunning Diana oh I'd yeah, love yeah. to see it I would love to see it because I mean if m- most people who know me know that I am in love with drag and when she did um The Wiz <laughs> like that was a really like, the, mm. like yeah like her version of home people like the gays just tore it yeah, like they, they loved it yeah. <laughs> yeah it was good anyway so again on Asabi scale of singability that one gets a 10 yeah as it should <laughs> and Diana Ross is RuPaul's woman as in yes like it, like gays yes. always say they have their queen and Diana Ross is RuPaul's yep. mm-hmm. yeah queen yep all right my fifth and final choice Ooh. so we've talked about these gentlemen throughout because I like I said you can't have disco without chic so my final choice is good times by ah, chic nice. yes it's off their 1979 album risque and I just have to say clams on the half shell and roller skates that says it all right there <laughs> that like clams on the half shell. <laughs> You, like what is more disco and like fabulous and saying you know we're rolling in money literally rolling 
<laughs> then clams on the hash patel and roller skates. I mean, it's like the guitar riff is iconic. The bass line is iconic. Mm. It's it's got everything. Everything that is the element of disco. Um, now, um, forgive my ignorance, but can okay. I just check? Mm. So the band Chic that did Lay Freak, mm-hmm. different band? No, it's the same it's one. The same band? Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Nile Rogers, Bernard Edwards. Okay, I was tripping out for a second. No, that's okay. <laughs> but there was like, but there was yeah, a female lead as well. Well, yeah. No, so Nile plays guitar, Bernard mm. plays bass, and then they had singers and cool, yeah, cool, cool, yeah. cool. Um, <laughs> Disco Phil Spectres, mm. Phil Spectre sort of thing. Yeah, it's like yeah. Yeah. they create our own wall, or wall of sound with like unknown singers. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, Nile Rogers at one time was the most successful producer in the world because mm. he, when people have hired him to sort of create the chic sound for yeah. their music, yeah. and this is around the world, you know, so he's been flown everywhere. And he talks about, you know, like the first time he was asked to do it, he was like, I don't, I don't know if I want to, I don't know if I want to do that. And then when he saw how much money they were willing to pay him, he was like, <laughs> Yeah, well, all right. <laughs> yeah, well, it was giving the power to the producer because they realized yeah. they were actually the brains behind the number one. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. and if you yeah. look at all of the songs that Niall is actually behind, you'd be shocked. There's so, so many. many songs like mm. Madonna, uh, David Bowie, um, oh, who else? Donna Summer. There's just so yeah. many people that he's written and produced music for. Like a just, Virgin. Madonna. Yeah, Like a Virgin. So. Exactly. And and when you know, I saw Sheik at um, Blues Fest a couple of years ago, and he's like, "Not Rogers there, yeah, amazing." Oh yeah, I got him on video too. Yeah. It was amazing. Ah. And he talks about how people they think that Sheik is just a covers band because they go around and they play all the songs that he's written, produced, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. like, "No, no, 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 no. This shit's mine. Yeah, yeah. This is my music. Other people sang it, but I wrote it. I produced it." And that check is still rolling in. Come on, residuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Actually, Actually, a accompanied. I don't know her name, but the the newest female chic singer. Mm. She like got up and and jammed with our band. She sung "We Are Family." Oh, what? Yeah, That's it was so really cool. Exciting. <laughs> just so awesome. It was at um in Byron Bay. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Was, was that really a couple fun. of years ago? Yeah, yeah. So I would have seen her. I think I have her on video as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a very thin black woman. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like long luscious locks. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's gorgeous. Yeah, she had gorgeous. yeah she had this awesome like green onesie on. She had the whole like mm. style just nailed. Oh yeah. yeah. So yes, if you get the chance to see, she, you know. Bernard Edwards sadly has passed away years ago, but Niall is still around and kicking. He's survived cancer. He's he's cleaned like you know he's no more he's not long, no longer doing drugs and that sort of thing. Wow. So you know he's and he he's just as amazing as ever. Yeah. But imagine being <laughs> oh, that woman that, that, that like they ask you to like just can you just tour the world with us and sing yes, all of our hits? I would not say no. I yeah. would just be like bye everybody. Yeah, exactly. I'm going with And Nigel you know Rogers. like if you're being asked like the, some of those producers from the old school are absolute assholes about singers. Like they like, <laughs> yeah. like, like they yeah, yeah. will just tear any singer face. apart. Mm. Like yeah, it's just like Well, you, you have to be like uh, I mean with someone like Nile Rodgers, you can't fuck it up. Yeah, exactly. You can't not fucking like I would mm. I would fire myself <laughs> it's just you know I'd fire myself after I got the check for that week. well yeah that's right <laughs> you, just, you pay me and I out yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh yeah now I, I will say about good time so it was the first sampled it was first sampled by the Sugar Hill Gang for Rapper's Delight so if you don't don't yeah don't. yeah don't 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 right so that bass line 
And it's one of the most sampled songs in music history as well. Um, Now, Niall says that it was partly inspired by Kulin's song, Hollywood Swingin'. Mm. And it features Depression-era lyrics like, happy days are here again, happy days are here again. And he said that that was to comment on the economic situation in the U.S. at the time. It briefly, now this is what's sad about it, it briefly hit number one in 1979 for like, I don't even know, like a minute, like a hot minute. And this was in August, so it was just post the disco demolition and it was not the blow up of <laughs> that right? <a> vinyl. <laughs> but yeah. At least people bought it first. And <laughs> it was knocked out by My Sharona by the neck. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Um, and on a Sabi scale of singability, it gets a 10. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I think every Sheik song gets a 10. Like, yeah. As a matter of fact, that's my honorable mention. My honorable mention are all the other Sheik songs. <laughs> Go Love listen. Them. Oh, yes. I can't wait and for anything by Nile Rogers. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's my list. So oh, just to reiterate. Yes to Niall Rogers? Yes to Niall Rogers. <laughs> okay. Yes. okay, great. Please call oh. me Niall. I'm, I'm <laughs> a fantastic me. singer. <laughs> Check me out. Mm. Anyway. Yeah, I'll sing anything you got. Anything you want. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Wasabi. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> For that beautiful, beautiful array of tunes. Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be back with Josh DeVettis Choices. And we're back we <laughs> today. Are. We are talking all things disco. Yes, that wonderful, wonderful genre of dance and peace and love and fun and glitter and gold. And we've heard from myself and the lovely Gracie Mack. And now we're going to hear from the beautiful Josh DeVetta. Hi. Hey. Beautiful. Well, I know that you guys are like, it was so hard. This was not hard for me. I knew exactly what I was going to choose. <laughs> <laughs> the hardest thing was actually honorable mentions because I didn't. I was like, oh, like, who else should I include in my mm, yeah in my audacious list? But <laughs> um, so I'm going to talk firstly about Donna Summer because oh, yes. she is the mm-hmm. undisputed queen of disco. A Christian woman, by the way, by yes. the by the end of her life, like really, really devout Christian, everything like that. Mm. Was she uh, in the seventies though? Um. Well. I'm not actually not quite sure. I mean, love to love you, oh, baby. Well, I know. I think it's similar to Shaka Khan, where they found the Lord later in uh, their sure, career, sure. sort of thing. Because yeah. yeah, Shaka Khan's a very devout Christian as yes. well now. Um, also a gay icon, mm-hmm. <laughs> very much so. She was on our uh, RuPaul's Drag Race this year as a guest judge and she Widow Fondue. Yeah, she did. She looked incredible. Didn't know what a Merkin was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and even after it was explained to her, it still was like, what? <laughs> so Cute. my first, so I'm gonna start. Yeah, kick the kick the eight ball rolling, <laughs> keep the Get ball rolling. the eight ball rolling. Look, look sports is not for <laughs> Exactly. Not, 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 press, press play. Not the balls I'm used to. Yeah. So. <laughs> now, this was a collaboration with the Barbara Streisand, and the song is called No More Tears. Brackets, enough is enough. Mm. Really, real. like this, when I hear this, this is like disco to me, like, on a big level, like um, piano intro, and yeah. then, then the and then the yeah. beat comes in, and it's just like, and I love that uh, they actually sound quite good together too. I have to say, no, like, of course, yeah. Um, and I love that when because Bar- Barbara still performs because Donna Summer's not with us anymore, yes. but Barbara still performs this. And I watched her Netflix special a couple of years ago, and I love that like the song's done. She goes, "This is back when I thought I wanted to be hip." <laughs> oh God, <laughs> do a disco song. Yeah, yeah do a disco uh. song. And I just love that it has like, yeah, that lovely piano. And it's like, it's raining, it's pouring. Like, it's just like that whole um, very, uh, what's that word that you use when it like, 
Cascades. Cascades, that's the one. <laughs> I love that. I love, love, love that. Um, now, this song uh, was also on her On The Radio album. Yes. Uh, on The Radio was another huge song by Donna Summer, if not one of her biggest. Uh, also, Works Hard For The Money. Um, mm-hmm. And I love that that song's just about a sex worker. Like I didn't know that. Yeah, it, it truly. I'm pretty yeah, sure the it. video is of a woman she's on working a street at a corner. diner. No, I'm pretty sure she's oh. she's, she's walking the street corner. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I, yes, I, I don't remember. I she looks hard okay. for the money. Okay. And that was all because like you know the whole thing about the working girl was becoming like this thing at the clubs and outside mm, the clubs right. and not just cis women but also transgender women. Working girl and, realness. Yeah, working girl realness <laughs> sort of thing. RuPaul loves the working girl. Yes, like, she does. Yes. Yeah. Um, and 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 based his entire her well, RuPaul the drag queen mm-hmm. based um, her entire fashion on the working girl for like the beginning parts of the career um, yeah. sort of thing. Um, yeah, so it was also I love that like most of these disco songs we're talking about, or if not all of them, are released on vinyl as well. There's something yes. about vinyl that just like gets me excited about disco. Just like not about not because I want to demolition it, but no. Like <laughs> no. Like, sort of thing. I'm um, I'm looking at the <laughs> album cover now or the single cover of this song now, and it's just like. Barbara and Donna back to back in black and white, oh, no top. Like, I gotta look that up. I bet that's sort of amazing. thing. It's really, really beautiful, and it was released on, on Columbia Records too, actually, which um, which is really, really cool. Um, now, in regards to its chart performance, it was like top ten basically everywhere. Number one on the Billboard Hot 100 because come on, Donna, come on, mm-hmm. Barbara. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Australia, number eight, darling. So Australia, yeah. or, they, we knew yeah, what was going on, yeah. sort of thing. But also, like you know, because our drag, actually, our whole like. There's, there are a beautiful, amazing stories about LGBT underground sub like underground culture of like the gay bars here in Australia. Yes. It's actually stunning. That's that's why I love that like Priscilla Queen of the Desert kind of represents a small. Mm. <laughs> I so want to yeah. go home and watch that when I get yeah. home. Like small, like sort of like in a moment for yes. that and things like that. So yeah, that's my first choice. I'm um, Donna beautiful. Summer. Donna Summer. Uh, next is a Grammy winning oh song. Was it? The 21st Grammys? Um, 1979, But it February? was in... Well, well, the song was released in 77. Oh, okay. So maybe not. And the song is called Don't Leave Me This Way. Oh, oh yes. yes. Um, by the amazing Thelma Houston, not related to Whitney Houston. Yep, that's right. And Whitney Houston was asked that a lot in the beginning parts of her career. Are you related to Thelma? And she's like, nope, we just have the same last name. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, this song... Uh, actually went it actually went through a few iterations before it was f- properly released um so because she didn't write it she was more the and because she was uh, she was also a motown artist at the time as well right, and okay. um if you've seen dream girls like they kind of like do this whole thing where like they were like, where Barry well, the guy that's Barry Gordy but not Barry Gordy mm. was transitioning his artist into disco because yes, he knew yeah. that was going to be the next sound to make it really really successful mm. and turning ballads into disco songs was a huge mm. thing that he did which actually yeah. happens in the film and yeah, yeah. Um, in one night and, and actually I was going to put one night only as one of my choices <laughs> but it's just it's sort of real it's actually not a real like charting song it's just yeah, part yeah. of the musical yeah, um, and I just love that like like did the whole like Diana thing and like, mm. slash Donna Summer thing mm. and put the girls in like jumpsuits and big yep. Diana wigs and Beyonce looks hot. <laughs> I do. I yeah. enjoy that transition. Yes. In yeah, the, yeah. yeah when they, they go, well. yeah, I, mean, yeah. I just I was like, that's really cool. Yes, I didn't and, that and they did that to destroy Effie's record because it was yes. actually getting a bit of radio airplay with her yeah. ballad version. It's, anyway, I digress. Anyway, so anyway, don't leave me this way. Huge song, really, really big. Um, in the sense of, but interestingly enough, it only um, was big on, it didn't actually get anywhere on the Hot 100. 
Oh, really? So it was actually a just a, a disco, like a, a, the disco chart, number three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was in 1977. Hey? That was in 1977, exactly. Now, there was actually a couple of covers of this as well. Um, Harold, Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. <laughs> um, but, I know that and name. It, yeah, and it featured Teddy... Teddy Pendergrass? Pendergrass's vocals yeah. in that, mm. yeah. But I love this song. I think it just like, I, I love songs that like really are, and it might just be um, just because of who I am, mm. but I love when songs set up a chorus to be really epic. And this song definitely does that. Mm. When it's like, oh, baby. Yes. Okay. And I just yeah. imagine the drag queen like <laughs> doing the number. Definitely. And this is a number Death like, drop. whether you're doing it in a bar, like in a dive bar or a really, really big club, the song works. Yes. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> really, really cool. So, and yeah. again, strings, synths, everything we love about disco. Disco the cue. Which is good. All right. So that's choice number two beautiful choice number three now this is one of my, my most favorite songs of all time as soon as i hear the trumpets and that has got to be real by oh, Cheryl Lynn. Yes. and i always think of that scene in sex in the city where carrie comes out on the runway and then she walks down she trips, <laughs> trips over <laughs> yes. and heidi klum just walks over yes. <laughs> That's right, Catwalk Roadkill. That's right, she's fashion roadkill. (laughs) And I also love that Margaret chose in that as well. She's like, oh my fucking God. That's all she said. That's all she can respond. That song. So when I saw that you'd chosen that song, I was like, no. Me too, I did the same. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I just love it. it, This song, like, I know that it definitely, okay. Even though we, like, to us, we know that songs are timeless. Yeah. The sound of it is definitely dated in the sense of like, um, you could tell it's from the 70s. You can tell it's from disco, from the disco era. Now, to me, it's timeless. Mm. um, But like, you you hear it and go, oh, this is a throwback, not a current (laughs) sort sort of thing um, in that sense. But like this, um, I also, Patti LaBelle um, performed this live with Mariah Carey one time. (gasps) And you know, the heart part when she's like, ah. Mariah did the whistle up the uh, up the next octave, <laughs> and that no, which, which was amazing. Uh, it came out in '78 <laughs> mm. uh, for that one there, and it's actually one of the most popular, well-known um, songs in disco. Oh, it's such yeah. a great song! And what I didn't know is that David Foster was a part of the writing team for that song. David Foster oh. wrote like "I Have Nothing," arranged yeah, yeah. like he's a huge like you know. He get, like if you think of all the '90s diva ballads, David Foster's got his name on that. Right. Also, okay. David Foster arranged that Michael Bublé jingle bells. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that until with I was the, like looking with the Puccini with, with the, 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 the sisters. Puccini. I'm hungry now, girl. Yes. Yeah, that whole arrangement with the four background. That's David Foster's arrangement. And now when you hear it, you go, "Of course, it was David Foster." Like, and he loves female singers. Like, he's all about like making them sing you know really really high that's his thing <laughs> uh, which is really really cool uh what was I gonna say oh ray j parker or ray parker no ray parker jr, jr. yeah he yep. was the guitarist on that one oh, Incredible. Really? yeah really that's really. Uh, ghostbusters isn't yes it, it is it's yes. ghostbusters yes yeah. um so yes yeah, so well i this song like it just goes off as soon as you hear as i said before as soon as you hear those horns come in it's one it's like when we talk about missy elliott when you hear boom, 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 and you go yes, straight to the dance yes, floor yeah. same Drink thing yeah you hear those horns which sounds very which are is very similar to the emotions uh best of my love like the exact same yeah, you've got the best of my love. Which also Mariah Carey got sued for because she wrote Emotions uh, and has the exact same thing. Boom, 
boom, boom, boom, boom. It's like wow. that, that disco, that famous disco yes, groove that yes, we all yes, love yes. sort of thing. Um, really, really big hit. Number 12 on the Billboard in America. Just charted everywhere. Oh, and even in, even in Australia. Oh, New Zealand. <laughs> no, just New Zealand. Australia wasn't feeling it. Uh, but number 23 in New Zealand and number 70 on the UK singles. So uh-huh, the UK, UK needed to catch the fuck up. That's right? what I need to go on. All right, let's move on. So this next song, is uh, what I'm loving is that I've actually – what I've chosen is just basically my drag queen iPod playlist. So, okay. <laughs> which is uh, very, very relevant. So the next song I've chosen, it's a little song by the Weather Girls. <gasps> oh, oh, that little song. That, little, that song. little tiny song. Mm. How was it? How uh, it temperature's go? rising. Really? But <laughs> is getting low. According to our sources, the street's the place to go. Because the night for the first time, just about half past ten. For the first time in history, it's gonna start raining cisgender, non-binary and trans men. Thank you very, very, very much. Thank you. All right, Ooh, so <laughs> The Weather Girls. Mm. It's so funny that they're called The Weather Girls. They had this song. I don't know any other song by The Weather Girls, no. but I know this song. Yeah, also, no. um, they did a re-recording with RuPaul on this. Yes. Well. I love it. It's like, yes. if you thought it was cold enough to go outside, you better stay the heck inside. It's yeah. about to rain up in here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> which, and um, then that was the famous um, lipstick between Sharon Needles and Fifi O'Hara. Yes, yes. And, they were, and it was really funny because Sharon was dressed as the devil and Fifi was dressed as the, the angel. angel. It just looked like, I was like, you, you've mate like you've definitely produced this like this is a produced moment (laughs) now who who wrote that song um it was written uh, by paul jabara in collaboration with paul schaefer yes and bob etsy yes and do we know who paul schaefer is um paul schaefer is the uh he's canadian and he's he um, oh he's he's a multi oh he's the guy on david letterman yes oh my god Exactly. He's David Letterman's <laughs> band leader. Yes. Oh, my and God. so I, I learned this years ago, and I was like, Paul Schaefer, I knew there was something about him. Oh, my God. Um, but it's um, also really interesting that um, men are behind the disco sound. It's yes. really, really interesting yes. to me. Yes. Um, Is it? I mean, they were behind everything. They were controlling everything at that point. Well, that's true, but I'm, I'm okay, I need, I need to rephrase <laughs> what I just said. I find it interesting that because of the culture of disco and what it stood for with mm. women and LGBT rights mm. and all that. And, but it was these men writing the songs for the well, girls. So, I, so I'll, I'll just give you a little insight about what Niall had said because you know, they wrote, he's the greatest dancer and the women and sisters want to change some of the lyrics. And he was like, no, the reason we've written it this way is because we're actually out in the clubs. We know what's going on. If this man is the greatest dancer, he's not going to be going home before you because there, there's a line in there about, you know, he's the creme de la creme and I want to take him home. And they're like, no, no, that makes us sound like we're, you know, slutty. And he's like, trust me, he wouldn't be going home with you anyway. He'd be staying out dancing because that's what they do. And so I think men being out in the clubs probably Inform- more than women. Informed the content. Yeah, okay. exactly. That makes sense. Exactly. Uh, interestingly enough, they actually offered us to Donna Summer first. Did they? And she turned it down because she thought it was too blasphemous and she sent them a Bible the next day. <gasps> what? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Actually, this, this Wait a minute. So what year funny. was that? Uh, 78. <laughs> because that 
No, I'm not going to call her that. Yeah. She did Love to Love You, Baby. Well, you yeah. weren't here for the sex episode. No, I wasn't but, here. You know, we told the story. I do, love, I do love Love to Love You, yeah. Baby. We told the story about that <laughs> song. And but, how I, but I also know <laughs> yeah. that headspace mm. of I'm a devout Christian. I'm only singing about them. I'm not acting upon these yes. feelings. Yes, that's true. Um, which is basically like the way that religion died. So anyway, <laughs> um, finally, and now no one wanted to release this song because it was too controversial. Really? It was, uh, they, wow. they, they, they offered it to Diana. They offered mm-hmm. it to Cher. They offered yep. it to Barbara Streisand. Oh. No one was game enough to bring out this song. Wow. Because they thought that no one would buy it. Wow. wow. And so, How crazy. yeah, yeah, which is really, really interesting. And it, the way that the, the way that the song rose to fame is because they started in the club first. Yes. They went, yep. okay, yeah. let's see how this goes. Mm-hmm. Playing mm-hmm. and. Uh, well, the, and that's basically the how gays disco. <laughs> were just, and, and the whole disco movement is what yep. brought this song to its yeah. huge success. And it is quintessentially one of the biggest disco songs of all time. Yep. I mean, that's, that's sure. basically how disco rose to prominence as well, is that yes. they were giving albums to the club DJs. DJs. Yeah. And they were playing it, and then people were requesting it, people yeah. were buying yes. it. And then once labels realized that clubs were informing the next sound, mm. every, every record label was dropping tracks to the DJs. Yeah. Yeah. The DJ at the club became one of the most powerful people in the industry for a moment. Mm. Could you mm. imagine them dropping? Hey, play my Sharona. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, can you imagine now, like, oh, we'll just go down to the press club. Oh, can you just play my Sharona? Yeah, like, no, exactly. one's, no, no one's doing nah, that. No, no one's doing that. Not, not. All right. Well, so that's my fourth choice. My fifth and final choice. I thought I should definitely get a male in there after, like, even though I just, I love well, women. Well, you know, if you have to. Um, and I don't know if you've heard of him. His name is Michael Jackson. Who? Yeah, <laughs> and uh, he had a record called Off the Wall. And on Off the Wall, he brought out a huge disco song called Dum 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 And that is called, and as uh, was a Keep on. Yeah, and then Keep on. Do the boys don't stop. Don't stop to get enough. Keep on. And the boys don't stop. Don't stop to get enough. Oh, come on, Harmony. Anyway. I fucking love this song. Yeah, it's so. Now. Yeah, so don't stop till you get enough Michael Jackson. Amazing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, pre-white transition. <laughs> well, all of his pre-skin best stuff bleach. Was. Yes, well, yeah, truly, <laughs> yeah, truly, yeah, truly, yeah, truly. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, what this year was this one again? Seventy-nine. Seventy-nine. Yeah, yep. so pre-demolition. Mm. Was it? Was it pre-July or was it post? On July. Oh, maybe this is the reason why there was a demolition. This Man, was like the know. cherry on top. Well, which is he like, sort of now Michael. <laughs> he sort of took off after this. Yes, exactly. You know? And I and I really think like this record like set him up to be um, just like the eight. Like he rocked the eighties like no yeah. one else. And like, Quincy really. Quincy Jones produced this one, didn't he? Let's have a look. This uh, is off the wall. I, I thought that he. I think he did. I, thriller did onward. I thought. I thought it was. Uh, no, I thought he was Thriller onwards. That's well, because I know that Quincy Batman met him on the Wiz. The Wiz, yes. Yeah, and then I thought the next album that Michael did, Quincy. Oh, no, Jones produced. suggested himself and began working on the wall, off the wall. All right, yeah. so, so it is. Yeah, yeah so yeah, Quincy yeah. produces. Yeah, yeah, Quincy. And the whole thing, <clears throat> like this song is definitely timeless like we know that mm. um, incorporates all the elements that we love about disco the synths the, the string parts um, the syncopated bass line even though it's four on the floor um, like yeah <laughs> yeah so but many, it's, like, yes. great elements about it right mm. Mm. So um, and a really great vocal performance too by mm. the way um, uh, yeah. sort of thing and what I really really enjoy about this song is that um, you know we're all in gigging bands or whatever and this song is just a part of the repertoire mm. and it still excites me to sing it like yeah. to this day mm. um, a lot of the, actually, when I'm feeling lazy which is 
know, twenty percent of the year. Um, <laughs> like there, like if I have to do Michael, I do kind of go, oh, here we go, sort of thing, yes. because you have to really like prepare yourself for it mm. and that kind of stuff. But like this song, just like. I just love that it like because you know disco also we've talked about this with hip hop disco was also bringing out dance moves yes. that you know like the hustle mm. uh, all those di- all those and Michael Jackson this is when he started moonwalking yeah, right yeah. so this is the whole like this this was a movement yeah, it's <laughs> like so no, good. like none that I've probably seen you know in, in regards to how it just caused such a stir mm. you know such a such a stir and I and I like off the wall because it still has that element of the seventies but still futuristic like it's still forward thinking enough yeah. and innovative enough. And you can transition into the 80s quite well as well. Mm. So, that, and sorry, that's very music nerdy of me to say. No, but, but it's yeah. good. It's true. In, in that way. So, yeah, great, great choice. I've got a couple of honorable mentions. Um, just a couple. Uh, we were actually, I've already talked about the best of my love, the emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, the boss, Diana Ross. Yes. My yeah. other favorite Diana track that I love. I was so right, so right. Um, and she sounds really good on that now record. That's her too. last Motown album, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was like yeah. her trend, but it was like it was that transition into yeah, the disco thing that sure. I love. Um, and also, um, I had to talk about the village people. Yes. Because oh, yes. the village people aren't queer icons yes they are um and uh ymca and in the navy i've briefly talked about this before and i'll bring it up again the village people took because people were so afraid to come out Mm. like don't forget the 70s and 80s Mm. especially i don't even say oh no 60s was okay because like the peace and love movement came through and yeah but you you still didn't talk about it no but it was the whole thing of like conservatism like just ruled the nation mm, <laughs> for mm. such a long time and people were scared to come out people were scared well, they would get killed or they would get hurt. killed it was, it, it was, it was against the law it was against the, it, it, yeah it was just, against the law to yeah. be gay basically mm, and mm. also it was classed as a mental disease until the late 70s early 80s anyway yeah. when were the so, Stonewall right that was Stonewall right in the 70s was that in the 70s uh, I thought it was 69 no I don't think it's no, uh, no. yeah because it's important sorry Marsha P. Johnson yeah um, yeah, nineteen sixty nine. It yeah, is sixty nine. So yes, yeah, and yeah, a lot, right. a lot of stuff happened the, in sixty nine. It was the year that uh, Judy Garland passed away. Yeah, the Judy Garland passed away, mm. but also the first man on the moon. Like it was a huge year. Yes, like Woodstock happening. was that year. Like yep. sixty nine, I think, is like something like the Illuminati said. I don't know what's going on, <laughs> but like it's just like this really quintessential year in regards to just the world in general. Sure. Well, um, it, it was like this huge, yeah, culmination of this overlong part that was the 60s is just yes. like this yeah. real. Exactly. And, and, they re- and it was almost like the 60s had to stop and this is how we were going to do it. They, it almost yeah. kind of yeah. feels yeah. like now with, what, <laughs> yeah. with what's going on I with mean, COVID. The well, people out I mean, in the streets. That's and, true. Uh, well, it's, it, it's our version of it and I think that's mm. what people, I think that's why there's a lot of fear because it's that thing of like we've gone through like, you know, especially my generation, call us the resilient generation or, the, or we kind of, because we went through all these, you know, huge things of like 9-11, mm. global financial crisis, but we were too young to be affected by it sure, as sure. opposed to like when you think about back in like you know World War Two, mm. and your husband had to go right to war f- to war mm. all you could rely on was be at home and listen to the radio 
Mm. And if you were told to stay indoors, you stayed the hell indoors. You mm. know, what I mean? like mm. it, it was a different time yeah, altogether. Yeah, you can't really relate it to now. I think. Just yeah, because but just what, but what's inflaming feelings is social media for sure. Yeah, like it's, yes. it's a whole because there's people that are doing okay. Mm-hmm. There's people that are not doing okay. The people mm. that are not doing okay are mad at the people that are that are doing okay. The sure. people that are doing okay are like shut the fuck up. Like you know, yeah. like, like I saw this post about how like people like stop telling Melbourne people that it's going to get better or whatever. It's like, well, what else do you want people to say? Like, yeah, that's you know right. what I mean. Like mm. I get that. Like we can we 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 can only have empathy. Mm. So it's that thing of like, well, I understand. Like, and so I understand that you're mad, you're frustrated, you just want to get out of the house. Like, but what do you want? Like when you're when you're um venting your feelings to your friends, what do you want your friends to say? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, do you want us to just turn a blind eye and say nothing? Yeah, I, or do you want some comfort? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like people aren't being positive to be um condescending. Yes, that's you know right. what I mean. It's not yeah. about that. It's about going well. I'm not going to say, oh, well, this is shit, because we already know what's shit. Mm. So I'm going to mm. say, well, you know what? It will get better. Yeah, and it, it absolutely will. will. It all, yeah, yeah, and it will. Yeah. It now, will. I understand that from another person's perspective where they've been living in isolation. How did this podcast turn this way? Living in isolation <laughs> and lockdown for six months straight. Sure. I, like, I can only imagine how frustrated and cooped up and left behind you feel. Mm. But you can't attack the people that are just trying to send love either. Yeah, that's you know, right. That's my opinion mm. on it. Anyway, yeah, no, moving on. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. But I th- yeah, I think it's that thing that people are desperate desperately feeling that like they're unheard yes Yes. not heard and then it's like this this cycle of abuse of attacking the next person for not hearing you and they're not heard it's this constant cycle Mm. and yeah you're right breaking out of it with empathy is kind of the only way to do it absolutely and 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 if or if you feel like it's not genuine what's going to come out of your mouth just don't, don't say, say anything it. at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people think they have to give advice. Some people just want to be heard. Mm. And then you go, I hear you. I don't understand what's like, I don't fully understand how you're feeling because I have, I've only had to live like seven weeks of it compared to you, you know, sort of thing. Sure. Um, but, you know, like, like I'm not asking for credit. I'm just saying like, I'm not here to, 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 to be condescending, right. but I'm not going to be negative for you either. Right. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, exactly. moving on. Okay. So, the village people. The village people. <laughs> oh yeah. So, and at the time it was just like, as we said, it was just like, like being gay was taboo, fire and brimstone. The church was still running the government. Still is mm. a little bit now and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, the village. And so people wanted to be the stereotypes. Gay people were too scared to be flamboyant, mm. effeminate. And so they were like, oh, well, I need to act like the trading next door I need to be like a fireman or a policeman or that. Mm. and the village people took those toxic masculinic stereotypes mm. and made them camp yes and that's why yeah. that is so important because it was like no you it actually doesn't matter who, like what what the what, what the look is or what like you you, you either suck dick or you don't like yeah. that's basically what that was saying Whoa. like you either kiss men or you don't like yeah. <laughs> I still never thing, yeah. understood the Native American yeah like, me neither why, why yeah, I don't what, know where that came from yeah I didn't they yeah. just ran out of costumes. They either ran out of costumes <laughs> or they were trying to make a um, indigenous statement that maybe. didn't quite yeah. stick. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I have sort no idea. Yeah, um, which is its own. I would love. I might research that separately. I, I, mean too, I would actually. love to know how they chose. I mean, obviously, because there wasn't a fireman; it was a, a policeman, a, um, a uh, like a heart construction like worker, a construction yeah. worker, uh, Comanche Indian. Yeah, the Native American. Native American. Because uh, um, there were five of them, weren't there? Was there one in the in the armed was it a forces? Sailor? Yeah, I think yeah, it like was the, a, Navy. Yeah, the yeah, Navy. Yeah, the Navy. And then something else they did was the fire. Was there fire? No, was there fire? I don't think it was a fireman. I can't remember. Anyway. I digress. Yeah, I digress as well. Yeah. But yeah, but like village people just like, and YMCA was, and the YMCA, the Young Man Christians Association. Yes, right. Slash the gym. Mm-hmm. 
hot, whole, sweaty menses. Whole, like, I just think it's just perfect, like, rebellion with mm. using subculture, yeah. in my opinion. Absolutely. So that's all my choices. Love Amazing. it. Beautiful. This episode's definitely a little bit longer. I'm so sorry, guys. That's okay. It's, it's a great topic. I love it. And, you know, we got a little political, so. Um, exactly. Sorry, not sorry. All righty. So we're going to take a short break, and then we'll be back with our favorite segment. Hey! Hello! Oh my gosh, if you've been living under a rock, someone's calling me. Uh-oh, turn it off. Shafology 2.0, who's calling me? Is someone, <laughs> one of you two? No, oh no, know. it's not me. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Oh, was let's, it Zane? Let's do oh, our favourite segment, shall we? Oh, sorry, <laughs> we just got distracted. Um, so we've been, uh, the theme this week has been Disco the Q. <laughs> disco. Uh, disco. And we've had a very lovely discussion of our playlist this week. But you know, we've got to choose a flop. It's yes, our favorite time. So this it's time for It's, it's a, flop. a Flop. All right, Gracie, hit us up. What's going okay, on? Okay, I found one of Elton John trying right. to make trying to make a foray into disco. Didn't take. Yeah, I think I did. Victim which one of love. Is. Yes. <laughs> It's like starts so with mine. like it starts with like I mean aren't we all? But it starts with like a bit of a I'm gonna say a lame groove. Uh. And then it comes in with what I can only assume is like an Ewe, you know, like the electrical wind instrument. Oh yeah. Vibe. Yeah. It's really bad. That's my flop. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's beautiful. Can't wait to put that on the playlist. All right. Wasabi. Mm. Oh, mine okay, mine is a Rick D's tune and if you see the vi- oh my god, it's terrible. Disco duck and there's lots of quacking and Oh my goodness, so yeah. What yeah. I'd call duckery instead of fuckery. Right. So the <laughs> the uh, the drugs had informed this song. Oh my god, I don't know yeah, what took their drugs the before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And during, it's terrible. It's terrible. Anyway, and All what's right. yours? I've got one, and it's really controversial because Asabi loves these people. It's a chic. It's a chic song. What? And it's oh. one freak out. No! Oh my God. Freak, we talked freak about this. Out. I totally like it. What do you, what do you, what do yeah, you what like? do you not like about it? What's wrong with it? Okay, it's not because of them in particular. <laughs> it's because when I see an Estedford group do oh. a disco themed number, this song gives me like it just it's it's trauma. It's oh. PTSD. Okay. Just because a bunch of little skinny white girls and <laughs> two tight leotards doing things that they probably shouldn't, shouldn't be doing yes. a la sweeties does not mean <laughs> that Look, you need his to. Top, okay, guys. Let's just. Yeah. I, will, I will let it go this time. I will let it go this time. But also, they, like, they have, they have a million better songs. This is just right? not one of them for me. Uh, I think this one's pretty good. And also, they did it on Glee as well. Oh, well. And they? it ruined it a little bit for me, too. Oh. Well, ruined. actually, it, it didn't, because the way they did it, it was because the, the teacher was, in, he was, he was insistent that they had to do this number, because when he was in the Glee Club, it went off. Mm-hmm. But they're like, that was like 20 years ago, yeah. Mr. Shu, like, why? And so, it's, so I imagine, like, Liam Michelle and the wheelchair kid bumping into each other while they're doing like a piano version. Oh my god! <laughs> piano rehearsal of this song, so it's just a PTSD response, guys. I that's really hope there's a video of that. Yes, there will be. <laughs> All right, and that's my flop, and that's our playlist for the week. So that's thank you for tuning guys. in, everyone. The theme was disco. We can't wait to party with you all yeah. week long. Yeah. We have Asabi Goodman, hey. Gracie Mac. Hello. My name's Josh Devetta. Thank you for tuning in and coming to the lab with us, and we will see you next week. All right, have a lovely time.
Can't soldiers objectively be bad? Yes. But that doesn't mean we can't learn from it. I'm Alex Smith. And I'm James Keogh. And on our new podcast, My Songs Suck, we talk to writers, musicians, who share with us some of their earlier, less good content and reflect on how far they've come. If you want to get in on the fun, head to That's Not Canon Productions or find us on iTunes, Google Play, or whatever podcatcher you use. My songs suck, because everyone makes mistakes. Just make sure you record them. That's Not Canon Productions podcast. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 